We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, and we are going to get into some questions here today. We've got a ton of mailbag questions to work through. So we're going to start with Tommy Guns, who has a question. And this is a off-the-grid off the type of question from Tommy. What, what should I expect else from Tommy other than giving us a question that has nothing to do with football? But I love it, Tommy, and you guys are all welcome to do that, right? So question from Tommy. I know Tommy was in my neck of the woods over the last couple of days. He said, Ryan, have you ever stopped at a Royal Farms? And what's your thoughts on the food? If so, it's one of my faves on the road in the Northeast. So, Tommy, uh, Royal Farms. So where I am located, it's more of a Wawa kind of centric place, right? Like we go to Wawa. That's where we go. There is some more, more Royal Farms in New Jersey that keeps sprouting up. I when uh, years ago I lived w- with my wife our first apart we lived in an apartment Sean and there was actually a Royal Farms that was so it it was actually very counterproductive for me as a renter of a house though or a apartment or yeah condo whatever so Sean they were they were putting up this Royal Farms and to put it up they had to clear all these woods like this wooded area and I got we had so many mice in my house, man. Because where are they going to go? You're you're getting rid of their habitat, right? So like they're going to go someplace that's warm. So we had multiple mice like just coming to our apartment, which was just awful. But I actually, Tommy, this is going to surprise you a little bit, man. I've never eaten at Royal Farms before. Never eaten at it. That was like the first one in my general area in South Jersey, and I'd never because they hadn't finished it when we moved out into our first house. And you know we're just it's. Just we don't we don't get like fast food takeout too much anyway. Like we try to cook as often as possible. We go to like more like restaurant style than like fast food ish type of places. So I've actually never been to a Royal Farms, Sean. I don't know. Have you been to a Royal Farms before? Never heard of it until today. You know, I'm <laughs> so a Midwest what, guy, so yeah, I've never heard of Royal Farms. You know, if I'm traveling up and down seventy five or ninety five, shall I say? Every now and then, we'll take the trip, me and my friend. We'll go from D.C. up to New York. And so I might – I might. we usually stop in Philly for lunch at the market anyway. Yeah. But, no, I've never heard of Royal Farms. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So, so what's the convenience store that has food near you, Sean? So like the places I know about, Wawa here, Royal Farms, Sheets is a thing in the Northeast that, that a lot, like Pennsylvania, especially is big with Sheets. What's the place near you that's like a convenience store, but also has like food and like a deli counter and stuff like that? Do you have anything like that? I don't know I think, if Chicago has anything. I, I think all of those places are now defunct, man. I don't think Chicago has places like that unless you go to the north side which is still holds on to some of those old school, you know, deli slash convenience store types, like you say. Uh, Manny's. Okay. Downtown is kind of like that. Uh, it's a well-known delicatessen. Used to be connected to a store as well, but I think they closed the store and now it's just a delicatessen. It's kind of it's world, world famous because a lot of people come in town and go right to Manny's. But that's the only one that I can think of. Yeah, I, so so Wawa is obviously the most prevalent around me, Sean, and it's not a place that I like. I go to Wawa for like general like snack foods and stuff. Like I don't really go there for like I don't I don't get hoagies from Wawa much anymore. Like it's that was more like young me when I would get drunk and need to go someplace at night to get <laughs> to get a hoagie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that was more that spot for me personally. I cook a lot in my house though. Like I'm I'm making. Risotto tonight, Sean. Risotto is very good. Yo, risotto tonight. Yes, I've recently become a huge fan. I think I told you this. Mm-hmm. Like risotto has, man. You talk about jump to the top of my list. That's dangerous, man. You guys have a very dangerous culture, my friend. Why is that? Why is that? Because yeah, yeah, you have so many different types of pastas that you can go to. Connect with the sauce and the cheese and the meat, different meats. That's yeah. dangerous because there's a lot of different combinations you can, you know. Most people outside of the culture will go straight to the fettuccine, right? <laughs> or just the normal spaghetti. Like for us in our culture, um, spaghetti is not a meal, it's a side. Yeah. Which is crazy, right? So, like, we'll have. Meats, well, there's poultry, seafood, and then we'll have two or three sides of spaghetti will be part of the sides where, you know, if you really make spaghetti right with the homemade meatballs, things of that nature, that's you don't need anything else. Get you some nice garlic bread or a nice loaf of really good fresh bread and just dip that in the gravy because we call it sauce. I guess it's supposed to be called gravy. Oh, we call it gravy. My my great grandmother, who has since passed away, would would dig out of her grave and slap me in the face if I called it sauce. sauce. She, would, she would slap me in the face. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So she would say that's that's Metagon stuff. That's Metagon stuff. We're not Metagons around here. Metagon. <laughs> okay, I like that. Metagon. Just means Americans, man. We're not Metagons around here. We we call it gravy. <laughs> Meanwhile, while my legs are I hope I hope I'm not losing power here, man. My light keeps flickering on and off. I don't know what's happening right now. So I, was gonna say, um, I thought we're in the middle middle of a weird feature film scene, dude. The next few days here in Jersey are going to be like rainy, snow, like a bunch of. It's going to be awful the next couple of days. I want to answer this real quick, Sean, because I, I said what the young version of me would go to Wawa a lot more. Bob O'Day said, "Young you, you still young, Ryan? Ryan act like he's 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 old." Bob, I'm not old yet, all right? I'm only 31. I'll be 32 in October. But I'm talking more like, I mean, this is like 14 years ago now? Something like that. I mean, like, that's a while ago, you know? Like, it's a while yeah. ago when I'm, like, doing the whole 
getting drunk and going to Wawa type of thing. <laughs> like I'm not doing that stuff anymore. So it's uh yeah, man. It, it, it's gonna be fun though. So we had a question directly from you. This is from Tommy Guns, and it's kind of along the same line of thinking. He said, Sean, what's your favorite truck stop or has a gas station for food? I don't do gas stations and food. <laughs> no, I'm but- sorry. I'm not yeah. qualified. I know gas stations and food. Nah. I mean, Waffle House was truck stop food to me back in the day. I mean, that's where truckers would stop late night. But no, I've never really done like truck stop gas station food. But now you have famous chains of like Hardee's and McDonald's inside these gas stations now. So I've, yeah, I've purchased a burger at a gas station, but it's from a chain that's connected to the gas station, not an actual chain truck stop. Well, take that back. Back in the day, Phillips 76. Yeah. Yeah, they used to have a lot of those back in the oh, day that had a I, nice. Restaurant have you never? Have day. you ever been to Bucky's, Sean? Have you ever been down south? There's a th- there's a, this big tr- stop. It's, it sounds familiar. Bucky's is, and someone just put it in the chat. Bucky's is like so their mascot's a beaver, which is kind of mm-hmm. weird. But like it's this massive truck stop that has everything, man. It has a deli. It has like a beef jerky station. It yeah. has general convenience. Like it is just a wild place, man. Been there once. And my wife was super overwhelmed because there was like mm. so many people in there. She's like, uh, what is happening? I don't know. <laughs> this is too big. So but Bucky's, yeah, man. Bucky's is a is an interesting place. I'll give you a place, Sean. I don't know if this counts as like a convenience store, but what when I went down to Florida, I they're not near where I am, but we went to Publix a lot. Publix, like it's a food store. Right. And, and they have the best buffalo chicken sub of all. Time, sir. All I have, time. I have yet to experience, but like we traveled a lot, you know, of course, with the kids back in the day down to Orlando or Florida. So, of course, we went to Publix a lot, you know, on vacation. My my wife and my mother-in-law, not my wife, my, my mom and my wife, mm-hmm. they went there and they raved about the deli sandwiches. But, of course, this was like two days before I got there because they flew down early. I came down two days later and they were like, oh man, they're so expensive, but their deli sandwiches are amazing. So you're not the only person that I've heard talk about Publix and their sandwiches being pretty good. Yeah. I've I've yet to try it out myself, but my family would back you up on that. <laughs> my family dude, would definitely back you up on that. Dude, it's really, really good. Like, I mean, no BS, like it is uh I, I was I was curious about the hype because I had heard about it a lot, and yeah. it backed up the hype. It did back up the hype. So I think yeah. Publix and Ralph's have to be the two most expensive grocery stores I've ever been to. It's a good one. Yeah, Ralph's out in California, and Publix in Florida. Man, high dollar groceries. Sean, I'm going to let you answer this one. So I got to jump off for one second. We had a question right. from Jason Smith. Says, does Luke Tollick or Tollich, I forget how you pronounce it. Someone's going to correct me in my DM all the time. Does he get a look for an open spot at, as far as a scholarship offer now that Brandon Hillman's out of the class? That's a good question. I would say maybe. I would say maybe. But I think I would hold that. If I'm, look, like we said, they need three really good safeties in this class three really good safeties and as for me i'm holding back i mean i'm intrigued very good athlete once again talking about the northeast he's about 6'3 185 something like that so you know i like his film but i think there are some other guys that you can go ahead and put on the board as well in my opinion you know in the 24 class that I might like a little bit more that I'll be willing to wait on. So I would say they would take a look, but I don't know if they really move on it because of the talent that exists in the 24 class. I think the man, the safety position in the 24 class is extremely deep and talented, extremely deep and talented. So to make a move on talent, 
uh, as a reaction to Brandon Hillman as opposed to going after the top guys in 24, I would probably lean towards the top guys in 24. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, I, I think for me, because it's, it's a great question, Jason, but I, I think that for me, Luke Talich, Talich, again, I, I apologize to Luke. I knew he was a great young man. And my apologies for not knowing the correct pronunciation of his last name. Mm-hmm. But Luke, I think, is a player, Sean, that I anticipate being a scholarship player at Notre Dame at some point. Mm-hmm. Does the lack of number maybe escalate that earlier in his career? Possibly. But I don't think that they just go out of their way to offer him a scholarship now because, yeah. you know, I think to your point, Sean, like that's going to be one less scholarship that they have to give around type right. of thing. And I think I think Bob just put it in the chat, which he's co- co- completely correct about is that you are still over scholarship numbers as you sit anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of where we where we are. So we're just going to be Bush League. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I, 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 look, someone, every time I say Luke's name, last name, I mispronounce it one way or the other, and then someone, someone puts it in my DM, this is how you pronounce it, and then I always forget regardless. I apologize, man. I apologize. Everybody knows that I, that's – Everyone that's heard me speak about Luke and especially watching film knows that I'm a big fan of Luke. <laughs> Sean, he had an offer from Utah, an offer from Washington State, he had an offer from Oregon State, I believe. Like he had legit Pac 12 offers as a take for the prospective organizations. And he decided that I'm going to stay and go to Notre Dame because that was my dream school. So I, mm-hmm. I like Luke a lot. I like Luke a lot. But uh, and I, I know. Uh, Ramiak, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. I know you're joking. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, man. So yes, Luke is a very talented player. We had a question here from Brandon Plesner, Sean, who said, "What's the status of Dewan Lane and Notre Dame? Does he plan on visiting in the spring? In your opinion, or has Notre Dame not garnered much interest there?" I'll say this, Brandon. Notre Dame likes Dewan Lane a lot. In my opinion, I just don't think that, that is quite reciprocated enough. So could he visit Notre Dame? Possibly. I don't think that he's like Notre Dame's going to keep recruiting him and Notre Dame likes him, but I just don't think there's enough traction there as it stands. So Dwan Lane's just kind of not in the conversation for me as of now. We had Dan V who put a question out, Sean, who just said, question, when do you think we see the next commit to the class? Will it be on offense or defense? It's a good question. Sean, I'm going to say my mind, and then I want to hear your opinion on this, okay? I think it's going to be on the defensive side of the football, and I think it'll be sometime in the month of April. That's kind of my pulse. What position on defense? I'm not going to say, but defense, month of April is my it's my prediction, I guess. I'm going to counter that, and I'm going to go offense – in April. I almost said March, but I'll say in April. And I have the position, I say offensive line. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I like big odds. I'll go ahead and take the 100 to 1 odds rather than the 5 to 1. Here's my prediction, Sean. I think the next two commitments from Notre Dame will both be on the defensive side of the football. That's my prediction. So we'll see. Yeah. Shall see. I think Notre Dame's in a good spot with a lot of a lot of players, though, which we don't want to we don't want to convince ourselves of because it's all doom and gloom around here right now. But like Notre Dame will be all right, man. They'll be all right. I John, I said this on the message board yesterday today, I think this morning to someone, because I think that there's a lot of overreactions to stuff sometimes. Cause like, look. Brandon Hillman not being in the class stinks. That stinks, man. Like it does. But it's also not like everything doesn't stink because one thing stinks, right? Like why do we have to take it too, we take it too far sometimes? If Notre Dame closes on the players that I think they're in good position with right now and they just maintain the rest of the way, Notre Dame's going to have a higher ranked class than they had last year from a points perspective, from a ranking perspective, in my opinion. I think that this class is going to end up being very good for Notre Dame. Nobody wants to admit that to themselves right now. Because everything stinks right now. And I get it. I get it. But I, I, I do think that uh, – I think Notre Dame is going to be all right in 2024. We shall see that. That's my early prediction, though. We had Brandon Plesner who said, are there any linebacker targets visiting for unofficials during the spring besides 
Sullivan, and Pierce. So we talked about Huff, obviously, Brandon. Um, I'm going to go on the visitor list because I think that was all we had so far. I mean, yes, there will be more that we'll visit. There's no doubt about it, in my opinion. But as of right now, I'm going to look down the list as it currently sits. We had, well, Gavin Nix is a 2025 kid, you know, but obviously he's not a 20. You're talking about 2024, obviously. Cole Sullivan, Bodie Cahoon is going to be on campus on March 22nd, which is the first day of camp. And then we talked about Brian Huff as well. So Sullivan, Huff, Cahoon. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where we're looking at as of right now. Bodie Cahoon is out of the state of Virginia. Who he's the he has he is the he's the kid that's committed to Ohio State for for lacrosse that Notre Dame is taking a good look at. And uh, yeah, so Cahoon add that one to their list, Brandon, as well as Brian Huff. We had another question here, Sean. I don't know how to pronounce this. It's uh, Lilo Galante, I think. Is, is You said this before. Lilo Galante, they got it right? Okay, cool. Mailbag. Is Notre Dame going to target Bryce Underwood, five-star quarterback from Detroit 2025 class? I mean, Sean, yeah, I mean, yeah they're going to target him. They already offered him, but everybody else is going to target him too because he's good, man. It's really good. So, I mean, everyone's already talking about 2025 quarterbacks, and I get it because 2024 obviously already has CJ Carr in it. But, I mean, I'll say this, Lilo, like – Yes, they'll target him. They'll recruit him. I think they already have been recruiting him. But, you know, Bryce Underwood is a kid that is going to get courted by a lot of people, and yeah. it's going to be a long road to seeing if you can get a Bryce Underwood to into your class. It's going to be a long road. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that's, of course. He was everyone's dream. Even when Dante Moore was in the 23 class, people were talking about continuing that trend with C.J. Carr and Bryce J. Underwood. It's like, yeah, of course you want him. Yeah. But, you know, you have to see how things play out. He uh, – Sean, I remember seeing him when, when Notre Dame offered him. It was after his freshman year. Notre Dame never offers that early. And I saw his film for the first time. I'm like, that's silly, man. That's silly. That's just silly, man. That doesn't make any sense. And then he was even better as a sophomore, which is, you know, natural maturation. But his freshman year – he threw like 38 touchdowns or something like that as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like the – have you seen that uh, Julius Lewis kid, the Juju Lewis kid out yeah. of Georgia? It's like – he's like that type of kid. Like, yeah. I mean, that kid threw like 40 touchdowns as a freshman in high school. It doesn't make any dang sense, but here we are. Good question, though, Lilo. Good question. We are going to now go to – Brandon Plesner had another question. He said – what are your thoughts on new safety target Oliver Miles? Is he someone Notre Dame should make a hard run at? In your opinion, are there better guys on the board? Have you seen Oliver yet, Sean, or not? No, I haven't checked out his film yet. I did see his offer, but yeah, look, this goes right in line with what I've already said, which goes back to the question about Luke Talent. Look, the 24th class is thick. When it comes to safeties, it's almost like there's it's set up perfectly because as much as we want to put Chris O'Leary under the microscope from a recruiting standpoint, the 24 class really sets up perfectly, just like the wide receiver class. As far as like you could take any combination of three. Like based upon the people, the young men that Notre Dame has offered or will offer in the future, if you give me any combination of three. Like you give me well, first of all, I'll tell you now. You can just like you you talked about Josiah Brown initially with all your combinations. I'm starting all my combinations with Demello, like all of them. Yeah. All right. That's that's number one. And then you can add in Jalen McClain. I love Jalen McClain is like at the top of my list as well. <laughs> so you give me Jalen McClain, Demello, and then I I like I like. Davis Andrews and Kennedy Urlacher is like that strong safety rover type because I think they're yeah. both rovers eventually. But yeah, then they so bring I think I think Kennedy Urlacher is going to follow the same direct path as his dad. Well, you think he's going to grow like three inches think, when he's I on think, campus? I think, I think he's going to same. I think he's going to be so good that eventually he's going to move up the linebacker. But playing on the back end is going to benefit him. 
yeah. in so many different ways when he gets to that position. I don't know if he goes inside. He might end up where his dad, the Bears, was absolutely just dumb because they were playing Brian Erlacher at the strong, strong linebacker <laughs> covering tight ends. Why? I do. They wasted like a year and a half. Thank God Barry Mentor got hurt. That sounds really bad that I'm, I'm being thankful that someone got hurt. But had he not got hurt, Bear, Brian Erlacher would have never been a middle linebacker for the Bears. Yeah. So I think I think his son does pick up weight. And I think eventually he moves down to in the box rather than being on the back end, that being his strength. That's That's so amazing, right? Like how – seeing the game from different perspectives, whether it's on the offensive side of the ball, defense side of the ball, helps you once you get to your final destination. Right. In a particular place, right? Like you would love for your defensive backs to have played wide receiver. Why? Yes. Because they love route combinations. They 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 ball read skills. staggers, ball skills, all of that. Like they play the position so they know how to attack it. And I'm sure running back and linebacker kind of works in that way as well. So that's pretty that's a pretty interesting uh, conversation. For me, I yeah. think the safety, man, the safeties are so so many safeties. Good a lot safeties. of safeties on the board, man. Good it's, good, it's a good, it's a really good, good safety class. group. Yes, yeah, good safety. group of safeties, man. Dude, just in the state of Georgia, Sean, they got Mike uh, Matthews. Well, go. wide receiver, but like Mike Matthews, Ricardo Jones, Man. Demello Jones. It's just silly. KJ Bolden, like what, dude? How do you have all these dudes in Georgia right now? It's insane. Absolutely insane. And Kirby's just sitting there, like, yeah, I don't have to leave my confines in order to find me a top safety. God. Seriously. Oh, well, I think Kirby already has two committed to him for Georgia yeah. in 2024 as well. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, okay, cool, cool, man. Georgia's safeties are just wild in 2024, though. Sean, here's here's an interesting one. You as a Bears fan. I have a very strong opinion on this, but I would love to hear yours first. Uh, from Coach Vic7 said, how did the Bears screw up the Mike McGlinchey signing? They needed to overpay for his services. I don't think they screwed anything up. I think Denver came in and offered an extra year with a bump in the AAV and more guaranteed money. I mean, that happens. That's business. That's not the Bears screwing it up. That's Denver, who probably had the second worst offensive line in the NFL being more desperate, right? I think the Bears went out their knee and the Broncos spent money on two offensive linemen. They already overpaid for one interior offensive lineman, and then they overpaid for McGlinchey. I think the Bears, the Bears are at nine. They literally can get an offensive tackle in the draft. Like I think that that's the I think that that's where they're gonna go. Whether it's yeah. Peter Skorowski or Paris Johnson or even um even jo- uh the offense Broderick Jones from Georgia, like yeah. I think they're gonna go in that direction. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I I I think when you have when you set up the way they are, you don't have to get desperate. Den- Denver, I'm not sure how many draft picks. I know they got some picks for trading uh, the defensive lineman over to the Dolphins, but I think that was like a Bradley third. Round pick. Yeah, I think that yeah. was like a third. I think they got a first out of that deal, if I remember correctly, didn't they? I you might they be right. You might be right. That's incredible that. if they did. Yeah, Bradley Chubb's not worth that, man. No. Bradley Chubb's a solid player, but like, yeah, he's he's a good player. But no, but I, I think he's been. I I had this conversation with someone last night. I respect Ryan Poles for being responsible. Yeah, because a lot of GMs can get in this situation with money and ten draft picks and just act irresponsible with the money, not understanding that there's two years of free agency and draft. Right that you're taking care of in this situation. So, you know. Sean, I, I actually think I, – I, this is probably going to be very controversial of this show, so maybe I shouldn't say it. 
but I think the Bears kind of dodged a bullet a little bit, man. <laughs> like I really do. I look, I like Mike, and he, Mike's a good player, solid player. I would say in the NFL level. I'm gonna sip my but tea he's, as you talk. He's not worth, he's not worth 87 million dollars over five years. It's not worth that. He's a solid, okay starting right tackle in the NFL, and you're paying him like he's a really good player. Like he's he's not that guy. Like he's not. I mean. Just in my opinion, from what I've seen of Mike, he's been injured a lot through, for San Francisco in his career. He's played very underwhelming football over, for the better part of the last two to three years. Like, I don't think he's worth that much money. Like, he's just not. You could, I, I would rather take a shot on Paris Johnson and pick nine and pay, and keeping him on a rookie contract than paying Mike McGlinchey $87 million over five years. Because, like, honestly, I don't know what that contract looks like. Like, is it backloaded? I, I don't know. Like, what, what is the amount that you're actually paying per year? What, how many years in the contract can you get out of it? Yeah. yeah that's all. But, yeah, it's, I mean, like Brandon said, though, great for Mike. I'm happy for Mike. That's awesome. But I, I don't think that that's like a, wow, Bears screwed that one up. Like, it's just, no, I think no. it's a good decision is what I actually no. think it is. <laughs> I, think, I think Ryan Poles has a term that he used calls is the value bucket. They had a value set for Mike McGlinchey. And when that value was no longer or when what when the production was, did not match the price tag anymore, yeah. then when that value bucket would have, was exceeded by yeah. the offer from the Broncos, it's the same thing for Hargrave. I think they were in on Hargrave. Man, it's and, a lot of money for Hargrave, man. And when the good pl- again, really in, good player, but yeah. yeah. They came in and it was like, okay, deuces you know, yeah. deuces, because at this point, you understand there are a lot of people getting ready to cut players for yeah. cap relief and to get rid of the roster bonuses that are coming up for being on the roster right before or right after the draft. So there's going to be plenty. I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Calais Campbell just hit the open market. Yep. You know, and Calais Campbell at this point, he knows who he is at the end of his career. But that's a nice one-year, two-year gap leader on the front line in the middle. Every team needs a Calais Calais Campbell. Campbell. Absolutely. (laughs) Everyone does. Absolutely. We had another – this is more of a comment from Brandon Plesner who just said, favorites for him, Tamelo Jones, Darian Mayo, Malachi Williams, John Mitchell, Kellen Lindstrom, and Marquise Lightfoot. So that was Brandon's list. We had a couple – we're going to roll through a few of these a little bit quicker. Keith Wakeland, Wiggins, excuse me, said, Sean, Ryan is Malachi Williams, Bryce Young, Clark. Who's Clark? Last name Clark. I'm tripping. Cameron Clark, excuse me. Cameron Clark or Cole Sullivan at take right now. Keith, in my opinion, based upon everything I'm hearing and just kind of how things have been trending, Bryce Young is absolutely a take. No doubt about it. Cole Sullivan, I believe, would also be a take. Cameron Clark, I don't think is a take right now. I think he might be, but we'll see. Like, I think things have to happen. And Malachi Williams, I think, would probably be a take. So I think three out of four are probably takes. So again, I think you take, I think Notre Dame would absolutely take Bryce Young. I have no doubt about that one. I think they would take Cole Sullivan. I think they would probably take Malachi Williams, but I do not think that they would take Cameron Clark right now. So that's kind of my, my thought process on that one. Sean, we had Nathan Milton that just said also he wanted a update on Marquise Lightfoot if there's any. Nathan, I mean, as bluntly as I can say this, I just don't think they're prioritizing Marquise Lightfoot. I, I think that there are other guys on the board that they prefer to Marquise Lightfoot. I think they like him, who, but I think that there's just other guys that they like more. That's just kind of where we are. It depends on who you're talking about. <laughs> what's, what's that mean? I, I, I think know. there are a lot of people that are not prioritizing him. Then there might be others in the side of the building that talk to him a heck of a lot <laughs> to, to give the impression that he's a priority. But no, this is uh, this is you have to have a keen eye to project this kid, and you have to know the culture he comes from. Yeah, the culture has been established at Kenwood, which is very much team not I, and you look at the Power 5 scholarships that have come from them, none of the players look great or like pop when it comes to film. But just go watch them practice. There's, man, there's elite athleticism all over that roster. 
And for me, I've always said, I was one of the first ones that said, dude, Darian Dupree is a dude. I'm talking about this is like a year ago. Yeah. Like before he went to Irish Invasion. Like, yo, he's he was dominating as a sophomore. Like, he's yo, he's a dude. Marquise Lightfoot, the first time I saw him play, it was before he even, you know, came to Notre Dame, got the offer at the blue and gold game. It's like, dude, project this kid, the length, the size, the athleticism. He's going to be a pro. He's going to be better in college than he is in high school. Yeah, he just is. So, and this is something that's difficult for not just Notre Dame, a lot of different schools, right? Because you have to take Marquis Lightfoot, take Christian um, Bettencourt, right? Yeah. Two really top 200 kids, easy top 200 kids, talented kids. Local, if you made them a priority, they probably, yes, I'm coming. All right. But then you have kids that might have a little bit more greater, a little greater upside, higher ceiling. So what do you like? Okay. You're going after Riddell. I mean, let's be real. Like you can have this guy in hand. Or you can go after Riddell and fight. You might get him. You might not get him. You know, it's, it's something you have to ask yourself as a program. Like, okay, we have these kids that are local and centralized to where we are that love us and are really good players. So do we lock them in or do we go after guys that we know or feel have higher upside? We might get them. We might not. And if that happens, the local kids might end up somewhere else in the process. I mean, it it is really a game of it's a gamble. It's a gamble. So yep, it is. It's a gamble, man. And when you see him visiting Alabama, I know how you feel as a fan base. Like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. And you're gonna see. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. You're gonna see more. Chicago kids visiting Alabama because of who their offensive coordinator is. Sure. That's his connect, the Chicago area. So, yeah, uh, Alabama's about to pay more attention to the Chicagoland area than they probably have in recent history. You know, so, it you know, and people can say I speak with a bias, of course, but there's too much talent in the last five years that's gotten out of this area and going to Power Five school. Ohio State's got way too much talent out of the Chicago area that should have been in Notre Dame in the last five years. Michigan, like, it goes on and on. Like, you can't allow elite talent from the area to go elsewhere when you're the closest school. You, you, you can't. You know, and yeah. that is the problem in my opinion, that faces you – no, know, and I'm not saying either – I'm not saying Marquis Lightfoot is in that five-star Caleb Brown, J.J. McCarthy, Carnell Tate level. Sure. But those are just three names that there's no way Notre Dame should not have had those kids coming to South Bend. You know, if things are going right from a recruiting standpoint and you have the flag stamped, in Chicago the way it should be. So, but I think that's a challenge. Uh, Lightfoot is a type of kid, because I'm sure Michigan has kids that they know would, man, commit to Jim Harbaugh in a heartbeat. Sure. But they have this kid from Pennsylvania or this other kid that they're looking at from Texas that they think has a higher ceiling. So, I mean, you, you take the gamble. I'm sure Ohio State has the same problem. Like kids grow up loving in Ohio State, of course, if you made them a high priority, they would commit on the spot. But you have to kind of balance it out. So it's 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 recruiting is not for the faint of heart. It's some tough conversations and tough decisions that have to be made. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. 
It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And and I, th- I think that there's a – I mean, there's going to be a conversation eventually too, Sean. It's like we can have a conversation now, and I'm talking more like from the chat perspective, not as much yeah. being you, yeah. but is, is it a mistake for Notre Dame to not prioritize Marquis Lightfoot? We can have a great conversation about that. Ultimately, we'll see how it ends up, right? I mean, because, again, there's some guys on the Viper board that are pretty dang good in my opinion, like talented, I should say, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I think it comes down to this, and, and for pe- people keep asking, and I'm just – I, I, I just want to kind of preface this again. Like, this is not my opinion necessarily. This is just kind of what the tea leaves are and what we're kind of reporting here is that I just don't think Marquise Lightfoot is a priority over for Notre Dame over Jacob Smith right now. I think they like Malachi Williams a, a bit more than what he is as well. Like, there are just a couple guys that I just think Notre Dame has kind of narrowed in as, like, that's the guy they want. And, again, they could be wrong. You could be wrong. I could be wrong. Everyone could be wrong. You know, that's kind of the world we live in. Like this is the evaluation side. Like I've been in the NFL dress space for a pretty, pretty long time. Now I'm yeah. wrong a lot, you know, but it's about being r- more right than wrong. Like that's kind of where, yeah. where you are. So. And yeah. it's all, it's all subjective, right? Yep. Like every coach, I promise you every coach in Notre Dame's building has a different view of different prospects. Like you can sit all the coaches down and have them watch the same kid. Four of them would say, oh yeah, take him immediately. Yeah. Four more would say, oh wait. Well well Sean, we, we've talked we've talked about this too. Notre Dame is pushing for Jason Robinson, but there was Jason Robinson, the wide receiver out of Long Beach Poly. There yeah. was a little bit there where some people are sold on him, some people aren't, and then like he gets on campus and like that kind of changes some people's perspective on it. And now you're in a situation where like Notre Dame's fully on board with getting a Jason Robinson, right? So, so to mm-hmm. your point, it is a fluid process because yeah. it's not like Notre Dame is not, it's not like every Notre Dame coaches is fully on board with every single player that they're pushing for. Right. It's just about like balancing that out as far as like, you know, obviously like Jared Parker, for instance, who he likes a tight end is probably going to trump who another offensive coach likes a tight end, right? Like, there's, like yeah. there's a balancing act there. There is like a balancing yeah. act there. And you can't be mad when you go watch film on Carter Nelson and Jaden Riddell. You yeah. like, what are you going to say? Like, what what else do you say other than you better get them? Right. You better get them. Like <laughs> you better make sure you get one of the two. That's what needs to happen. So, other than that. This is not only, you know, Notre Dame. This is just college football in general. In general, I'm sure USC and UCLA, they have a bunch of California kids. They can't prioritize every California kid. You know, they have to look nationally at, at their positions and compare and say, man, look, because you're closer, we can keep you and we can stay in the race a little bit longer and let things play out a little bit because you are closer. Is that fair? Yeah. It just happens to be, you know, it just happens to be the way it is. No doubt about it. All right. We're going to hit a bunch of these in a quicker span. Cause I got to go pick up the daughter today. Keith weekend asked, just said, Brian, do you think Notre Dame takes six defensive linemen? If they are the right ones, Keith, I don't think so. I think five is probably the number that they push it to. Like, I think yeah. five is probably the number six is a, I mean, we'll see. I mean, obviously, like, you know, there could be defections from the roster, guys transfer, spots open up. Like, everything, anything's possible. But I think the number is four to five right now. Like, I think five is where Notre Dame would go, depending on how the board shakes out. So I, I don't think 16. I don't – 16. I definitely don't think 16 is realistic. Six, I don't think is super realistic right now. 
Question from Irishman7114 said, are there any transfer options still available that can fill Hillman's spot? Hate that went down for that kid. Uh, I would say that this is a more of an after spring conversation that's going to happen. You know, like, do you need another safety? Are you comfortable just moving a corner to safety? There's things that are need to kind of fill out a little bit and try to get a better understanding. And plus, we know this, Sean, after spring, there's going to be a lot of other dudes that are jumping in the portal. <laughs> there's going to be a lot more to pick from. So uh, it's not something you have to rush, in my opinion, because you also weren't going to get Brandon Hillman on campus until the summer anyway. So, like, you don't have to rush for depth on this. I and mean, you can't rush for depth because it's also – the portal's closed for a couple more weeks, right? Like, isn't it until after spring? So. Was Chris Smith – Chris Smith was a post-spring transfer, wasn't he? I believe so. Yeah, I, I believe think so. he was, yeah. Yeah. So it's not something that you have to push. Someone said, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just reading the chat and it's just some of these takes, man, are just, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, God, I, got, I just got a little, uh, my mind just went a little, little fuzzy there for a second. So I'm just reading some of these comments, man. I'm just like, all right, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Brandon floods in their ass here. But yeah, Sean, I mean, to that last point, there's going to be a wider pool to pull from, yeah. and you don't have to make that number up right now, right? It's not like yeah. you're sitting in spring practice. And you're like, I only have one quarterback. That's not good. Like, right. You'll be all right. right. You'll be all right. Brandon Plesner just said, is the safety number now four for the 2024 class, the potential for one or two of them to eventually develop into a rover? Brandon, I would still say the number's three, but I think four could be open to the conversation if a guy is definitely a second-level guy at the next level eventually, right? Like, I, I don't think that you're – there's some guys on the board though that like could be rovers, but like maybe not. So I think if there's a clear cut guy, maybe you push to four, but I think three is the number right now. We had a question. It's an interesting one, Sean. I'm gonna kick it to you to start here. Archer said, what are the most important position groups on each side of the ball for the 2024 class for Notre Dame? <laughs> I mean, I always feel like this is a trick question. I mean, quarterback is the most important position on the offensive side of the ball. But since C.J. Carr is in the class, I'll go wide receiver. And the reason I go wide receiver, I said this, we talk about the offense and the expectations and what the ceiling could be for this offense moving into the future, Ryan. Yeah. Running back, check. Offensive line, check. Quarterback, check. Check. (laughs) What's the only question mark? Yeah. From a production standpoint. You know, so you keep you keep building that room and you keep going to get studs every year to make sure that the wide receiver room from a production standpoint starts to hold up his end of the bargain. So I would say wide receiver. Um, and then for me. Before but, you answer that well, one, I'll say wide receiver ahead. is definitely number one for me. I think running back, you've gotten a, a plus. Tight end is an interesting conversation because like getting a mm. second tight end, you could – Talk me into that one, but you already had yeah. the quarterback, offensive line, you know, offensive tackle, sure. But like, I think wide receiver continuing to strengthen that room and then tight end to continue yeah. with the injuries at Notre Dame inside of tight end. Your defensive yeah. player was or defense position? Yeah. And then my defensive position is come on, man. Defensive tackle. Like, it's not yes. even close. <laughs> Interior defensive line, for a, sure. It's yeah. not even close. It's. Yeah. Safety is kind of a conversation now. But has like, become, yes, it has become yeah. a part of the conversation. You're right. I, I think it's still interior defensive line, though. You need to get some dudes and some yeah. playmaking dudes, man. You need yeah. to get you need to get some guys on the interior. You need Justin Scott. You need more than just Justin Scott, though. You need to – we always talk about this, Sean. The difference between Notre Dame and Georgia right now is that even if you get one Justin Scott, Georgia has three Justin Scotts. Like, that's the difference, right? Like, that's that's the separator Thanks. for me right that's now. That's the separator. We had, uh, Sean, this is an interesting one. Johnny S. says, three basketball players in the transfer portal as of today. I saw J.J. Starling just entered today too, right? Wow. What do you guys think about the state of, of men's basketball? I wouldn't panic. You get the right coach, you, you'll probably bring in their guys from wherever they were via the transfer portal. And then the transfer portal is so fertile in men's basketball that you can go find – you can put a good team together. Ask, look at Wake Forest this year in the ACC. Like yeah. Jim Beheim basically accused them of buying a team. <laughs> sure. You know, and he retired, and his team is at home, and Wake Forest is going on to the tournament. So, you know, you can turn things around rather quickly. 
in men's basketball if you get the right guy. So I wouldn't worry about that. No doubt, man. No doubt. Are you excited for uh for March Madness kicking off here, man? Oh man. Well, I should, oh. I should say the tournament. March Madness has already started, technically. But the and I'm not really. It's not even about my team per se. Like the bear. I mean, the, not the Bears, but the Illinois. If they win, if they beat Arkansas, they're going to get blasted by Kansas the next game. So <laughs> it, it is what it is. But I'm excited because I think the field is is wide open. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I, wide open. Yeah, it, it it is, man. I, I I saw the bracket. I I think that it is pretty wide open as well. I think it's going to be a really entertaining, entertaining twenty twenty three bracket, in my opinion. So let's hit a couple more here. We get out of here. Anfior just said, "Do you think Carson Hobbs will reach four star status when it's all said and done?" Yeah, she already did. Ant, he uh, he hit four star on at least one platform. So I think he's moving up, man. He he's got to put it together as a senior, but. Six one, good athlete. Like there's there's traits to work with there. There's definitely traits. Sean, someone just asked another Chicago Bears comment that I just want your thoughts on here for a second. Someone just said here it is. Archer said Bears just gave Tremaine Edmonds a four year, seventy two million dollar deal with fifty million dollar guarantee. As a resident Bear fan here, Sean, uh, reaction to this? Uh, T.J. Edwards, I thought was a good signing. I do like T.J. Edwards. Very like solid football Edwards, player. Solid football player yep. uh, from the area. So he's coming home. Tremaine Edmonds, in my opinion, solid. Solid linebacker. He's still young, man. He's, he's still, still young. young as well. So yeah. four years, 72 million. Basically four years of 50. All True. right. And I'm sure that last year, probably no guaranteed money. So it really doesn't mean anything. So you're talking about three years, really for about, 50 bill guaranteed. You know, Sean, he's been in the league five years, I think, and he's still only 25 because he's a tw- he was a 19 year old, 20 year old rookie. Like his 20 is a rookie. It's wild, man. They just got better. They just got better and they just got deeper because Jack Sanborn now can be your backup. Yes. You know, he's a very, you know, very solid backup. I, th- I thought Jack Sanborn was the next Brian Urlacher. Didn't, didn't someone tell me that? Didn't you, didn't you say someone said that before? Dude, <laughs> dude, Chicago fans were going bananas when they traded Roquan, and all of a sudden, Jack Sanborn is better than Roquan. Like <laughs> Come on, man. Come like, on, relax. man. Jack Sanborn's a solid depth piece to a linebacker. That's, There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing now wrong he's in his role. He's in his role now. That's where it needs to be. So and I think I think it says I think it says a lot that they have signed Tremaine and TJ Edwards, right? Like obviously yeah. they don't see quite what other people are saying about yeah. a guy like a and, a guy and, like Jack like Sanborn. Brandon said, "Why couldn't they?" Roquan wanted over twenty million a year. That's why they get. They're not paying twenty. They gave this dude basically. He's getting what from mm. a guarantee standpoint. That's like twelve, what twelve million a year? No, nah, it's more than that. Oh, on guaranteed money. I'm sorry. Guaranteed guaranteed, yeah, money? guaranteed. I think would be what thirteen, like twelve, thirteen a year. And Roquan yeah. Smith wanted twenty. Yeah, yeah. Nah. And people need to understand it's more about the guaranteed money than the actual money because, like, there's ways to get out of the full contract. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all, all I look at is the guaranteed money. I don't even yes. pay attention to the rest of the deal because teams always have space. Usually in that last year where there's no cap money on the on the cap, no, I mean, yeah, or the oh they'll backload a contract and they'll get out of it early and there'll be a lot yep. of money left on the table. On the and, table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they a might have to take happens. a cap hit for a year or something sure. like that. L- yeah. Little dead, little dead money, little dead yeah. money. Sorry, though. Yeah, everyone works through that type of stuff though. We had a super sticker here, Sean from Chris Aguire Aguirre. I Chino Aguirre. Oh, Chino. Oh, I, I can't read. Chino, my apologies, man. I can't read right now. My apologies. But thank you so much for the super sticker. Thank you very, very much. We'll hit one more here. And we will. Yeah. Someone asked this, Sean. I've seen a couple people ask this before. So, like, maybe we'll end with this one. Domer since birth said, Sean, are y'all doing uh, the RTCS uh, shows on Saturdays? I can't find recent episodes. What do I search? Have a great weekend. Or a great week, gents. Yo, just yeah, we're doing them. 
It's just a matter of keeping the big man, the big boss man healthy. Yeah. You know, he does a week full of shows. And by the time he gets to the weekend and all the other work he does, just continue to pray for our guy, Brian Driscoll, man. He's he's talked about it, you know, just dealing with some health things and trying to keep him straight. So he always asks me, are you sure? Like every Saturday, like, man, can I take it off? And I'm like, man, take care of yourself. Like, are you sure we can do it later if you really want to do it? It's like, man, look. Your health is of most importance. We yep. have we have all summer to do an RTCF show. <laughs> yeah, and, and I know people are people are already reacting in the chat. Just want Brian's put this out there, kind of in the universe on the board and on the show before, so it's not like breaking news. But he's just been dealing with some health stuff, and he, he's yeah. fine. Like he's he's good. It's just you know just kind of recuperating, and getting back to full health type of thing. So yeah. yeah, I mean, like you said though, you know, just keep you know good thoughts, good positive vibes, all that great stuff, and. Brian will be back to 100% before we know it. Jason Smith, Sean, wanted to know uh, what your max bench was. Looks like it'd be somewhere between a Cadillac and an old bulk. Man. Max at my peak or like right now at this moment? Right now, I maybe could get 225 up once. <laughs> Probably not, though. Once? You think once? I think you could do more than once. Man, I used to be able to rep two twenty five pretty well, but I I don't I I don't I haven't worked out in a while, man. I like months, so I don't the know. Most I've, the most I've ever hit, and this yeah. is when I was going like every day to the gym. The most I've ever hit is like three twenty max. Yeah, yeah. And I was somewhere like I was somewhere in the threes as well. Yeah, that yeah. was like three twenty. I man, I haven't, and I hate the bench press. That was like my that was like my least favorite. I'll do everything else, everything. Bench press, I just I couldn't stand it. Man. And, and Jason meant Buick. It. I'm sorry, he meant Buick. Does that say Buick? Oh, it, it does. does. I, I'm it an is. idiot. All right, cool. I can't read. Cadillac. I can't read right now. Sorry, Jason. Nathan, thanks for the heads up. There. I don't my know. Bad. My, bad, guys. my bad. The old Buicks were pretty bulky. Yeah, but but the old school Cadillacs were pretty well built as well. There's no plastic in either one of those, Brian. Yeah. Oh no, they they were built to last back then, man. They were built to last. <laughs> so if I had to get up under one, it would probably be, I probably would get up under the Buick. That makes sense. Because the caddies were always a little bit longer. Yes, sir. They sure I were. <laughs> I don't know if I could bench it, but I we're we're on the same page though, Sean. As in, like I. I wasn't I, – I benched because I had the bench. I wasn't like a oh, – I love the bench. Like I, yeah. I was more of a deadlift squat guy personally, so that was kind of my thing. Um, I just put up some good weight on the deadlift, some really good weight. But, uh, yeah, it's a good way to end the show, though, I think. I want to thank everybody again for joining us for the podcast today. Always appreciate the support. Before you leave the show, and you shouldn't leave the show yet, you can just hit a like button, subscribe to the podcast, Five-star reviews on your favorite podcast platform are always very much appreciated. Go to the message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com. <coughs> the podcast at IB Nation will be back tonight for IB Nation Sports Talk with Mr. Sean Styers. I think Vince D'Addario is on tonight with Sean, so make sure to check that out at 6 p.m. Eastern time. I want to thank you all again for joining us today. From Sean, I am Ryan. Thank you all again for joining the Irish Breakdown Podcast. <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.